Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light and welcome to another podcast stroke YouTube video. It depends whether you're listening to this in podcast world or you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook or any other medium which has video. Anyway, welcome to this particular video stroke podcast where I'm going to talk to you about why police recruitment is broken. So who am I? Well, for those of you who haven't seen or heard of any of these podcasts or videos before, uh, I'm Brendan. I've been in the police service for three decades. I've uh, been out now for eight years. I've been coaching and supporting people within the police sector for 26 years to achieve in promotion boards and uh, specialist interviews. For the past year, sorry, 10 years, I've been focusing on the police recruitment process helping people to achieve their dreams in a complicated, complex and sometimes very bizarre recruitment process. Over 12,000 people now, that's a conservative number, have succeeded as a result of my support. It's been a privilege to help people achieve their dreams. Actually, you can find out a little bit more about that in the blurb below. Uh, join the Facebook group, almost 20,000 people just like you who are looking to join the police. Actually, a lot of members have actually succeeded and they will lend you their expertise and guidance, in particular around specific forces. Because there's over 50 different ways of getting into the police. And also my courses below as well. The courses actually help you to succeed. So police recruitment is broken. I'm going to tell you why in a moment. I could talk about the length of time it takes, sometimes over two years to get in, but well, we'll save that for another subject, um, another podcast or video. Um, vetting, the variations across the country, qualification variations, um, the poor comms, the dreadful communication from forces, um, being dropped at the last minute because there's just no room for you on the next intake, or being placed in a talent pool, being put in a talent pool where you can remain there for a year or two and then get dropped. So many reasons why police recruitment is broken. But the main reason at the moment is you can join the police in several forces without ever speaking to a real person. Yes, indeed. I'm going to prove that to you. And actually, the Daily Mirror picked this up uh, from my tweets. Um, if you don't follow the Blue Light Twitter uh, channel just look for at blue light info and uh, i think there's about thirteen thousand followers something like that anyway i've been tweeting for ages about how broken the process is and how it's just bizarre that in a time when the values of the police are being questioned in so many forces especially the metropolitan police you can join the police and you've been able to join the police in the met without ever being spoken to um, in a serious way about your values or your inspiration to join the police or your motivation. It's been like that for ages. Actually, now it's gone even worse because with the online assessment centre, you don't have to speak to a real person. Everything is just uploaded. All your answers, the written answers, everything. It's just uploaded to some software and it's marked at a later date by an assessor who doesn't even know what force you're applying to. Are values assessed? No, not really. They might ask you some questions about transparency and integrity in public service. But these are just, can you tell me about a time when you've made a difficult decision or you've offered a great service to others? That's not really testing your values. But strictly, I suppose it is, because it's competency and values framework. These are three of the values. But you're delivering an answer to some software. No one can probe your answers. No one can check with you what you're saying. You could actually just use sample answers from a book. There's books out there with sample answers in them. I refuse to do that, by the way. I just think that's just completely wrong. 
But the online assessment centre is such that for several forces, you can go all the way to your uniform fitting and your medical without talking to a real person. So by the time you actually join on your first day, the only time you've ever spoken to someone is to give them your inside leg measurement or to explain your eczema or a bone that was broken when you were, when you were young. It's just bonkers. And that is the actual quote that the Mirror used. They quoted me as saying it's bonkers. And it is bonkers. So forces are actually uh, enabling you to do this. I mean, if you're a potential recruit, this is just an amazing opportunity for you because the online assessment centre is so formulaic, I could coach my 13-year-old daughter's pass it. I put money on it that she'd pass. So forces that are currently doing this, uh, West Midlands Police, uh, Wiltshire Police, Avon and Somerset, uh, Hampshire Police, Merseyside Police, although temporary. This is a temporary measure, according to uh, a very, very senior officer there. And uh, I do believe Thames Valley Police as well have also dropped the requirement for an interview uh, temporarily. So this is what uh, those forces actually had to say uh, to the Mirror when the Mirror approached them for a reason why you can join your force without talking to a real person without having any conversation with someone about why you want to be a police officer or your past history, your behaviours, your values, what's in your heart, what's motivating you to be a police officer. So West Midlands Police uh, said, um, well, they do attend an in-person fitness test before they are recruited. Yes, this is the bleep test. You just have to achieve 5.4 on the bleep test. The hardest question you're going to get asked is, do you understand my instructions? And the answer is yes. That's a poor, that's just a miserable excuse, West Midlands Police. Come on. Um, Wiltshire Police, they're saying they will, they want to bring back the face to face interview. Well, do it then. I mean, why are you waiting? If you want to do it, bring it back. That's just a poor excuse. It's not even an excuse, it's not even a reason. Even as some upset police said that they're going to change their virtual question and answer session that people need to attend, to a face-to-face one. Do you know what these question and answer sessions involve? It involves someone telling you all about the recruitment process and then saying, has anyone got any questions? And if you don't have any questions, you don't have to say anything. You just have to turn up and listen. So again, you've still not spoken to a real person throughout the whole process. Hampshire police have said that they... um, decided to remove the interview to, quote, reduce the risk of unconscious bias and recruit a more diverse pool of candidates. Let's take a look at that. So what they're saying is that their interviewers were demonstrating unconscious bias, I presume against people from different age age groups, maybe older people, uh, maybe LGBT, maybe people from different ethnic minority backgrounds. And so their solution, as opposed to actually doing something to help those individuals remove that unconscious bias, unconscious bias training, one might call it. So instead of doing that, what they've decided to do is just remove the interview so that the unconscious bias still exists. So Hampshire Police, that's like an admission that your officers demonstrate unconscious bias and we're not doing anything about it other than just removing the interview. So that's okay. And let's take a look at this unconscious bias business, because 
if we're relying on the online assessment centre to ensure that there's no bias in the recruitment process, well, according to the College of Policing data, their own evaluation of the online assessment centre and previous assessment instruments, it's not going to work. Here's why. The previous assessment centre was called SEARCH. Um, At SEARCH, 73% of white candidates passed versus 55% of ethnic minority candidates. Now, that got even worse if you were black. Um, But 73% of white passed, 55% of ethnic minority passed. It doesn't say whether that's on the first, second or third attempt. So it could be that more of the white candidates are passing first time round and more of the minority groups are passing second or third time round. It it doesn't say. The data's not clear about that. But still... That's not that good, is it, really? And I know some people might be saying, well, fewer people who apply, fewer people apply who are from minority ethnic groups. Yet it doesn't matter. This is as a percentage. So as a percentage of the total, I, I know it's a hard concept for some people to get their heads around, but as a percentage of the total of white candidates, 73% pass. As a percentage of to- the total of minority ethnic 55% pass. So it's got nothing to do with the number of people who actually apply. It's percentages, folks. It's percentages. So that's pretty miserable. Actually, it's unlawful in America. Um, it's called the adverse impact ratio, uh, where you divide one number by another and it produces um, uh, a number which will vary from 0 to 1. If it's below 0. 0.80, then it means the adverse impact ratio is a problem. It means that you've got some bias in your system. That figure demonstrates bias in the system. For the online assessment centre, it's a little bit better. 73% pass who are white, same as for search, the search assessment centre. If you're from an ethnic minority group, 62% of you will pass. So it's a bit of an improvement. But if you're black, that reduces to 58%. So 73% of white applicants pass versus 58% of black candidates. What? So that's removing unconscious bias. I know it's a slight improvement. And if you look at the total of ethnic minority candidates, it it bumps up the adverse impact ratio to just above 0.80. I think it's something like 0.84. And the College of Policing are saying that's a big success. Well, it, it should do that anyway. It it should do that. And the reason being is that because half of the assessment is conducted by assessors who can't actually see you. So the written exercise is assessed by people who can't actually see you because it's a written exercise. The stage one situational judgment test is marked by software. Now, software can't demonstrate any bias whatsoever. So it's only half the exercises uh, such that you're actually seen by the assessor via a video recording. So I would expect there to be an improvement. So there should be an improvement because half of the assessment is such where you can't actually see that the individual is from an ethnic minority, a visible ethnic minority. And in any case, 73% of white candidates passing versus 62% of ethnic minority candidates passing and only 58% of black candidates passing. College of Policing are saying, great, that's an improvement. It's awful. It's terrible. (laughs) It is absolutely terrible. Put yourself in his shoes or you might actually be someone who's black. You're going into a system where you know that if you were white, 73% of those who are 
white with you are going to pass, but because you're black, only 58% of you are going to pass. How would you feel? I'd feel pretty... I'd, pre I'd be feel pretty upset about that. So, not that good. So, Hampshire, I'm sorry, but your excuse doesn't hold water. Actually, even in Somerset, Wiltshire and West Midlands Police, your excuses as to why you don't actually interview people are absolutely appalling. How you could actually publish that, how you could actually give that as an answer to the Daily Mirror, knowing it's going to get published, I really don't know. I, I really don't know. It's beyond me. Is it only me that sees that this whole process of being able to join the police without talking to anyone is completely bonkers? It is, it's broken. The process is broken and there's no excuse to keep up with it. Plenty of other forces, um, they have to do the online assessment, by the way, because it's, it's legislated by the College of Policing. It, all Home Office forces, all candidates have to do the online assessment centre. But there's plenty of the forces wrapping around other forms of assessment to make sure they're getting the right individuals and to make sure that values are being tested. Lancashire Police, Durham Police, Greater Manchester Police. There's plenty of forces out there who are asking questions that really get to the heart of who you are. So for those other forces not to do it, it's just poor and shoddy and broken and bonkers. Where is the assessment or evaluation of your values? Where's the assessment or evaluation of your motivation or how you're going to react in stressful situations? How do we know that you're not just using sample answers from the books out there? Yes, there are books out there that will sell you sample answers. How do we know that you're not just adapting those? In the discussion on Twitter, um, actually someone uh, someone said that it's, it's like, you know, if you're coaching people to pass things like this, it's like cheating. No, I don't believe it is. I don't believe it's cheating at all. I'll tell you why in a moment. I'll tell you why now, actually, because if you've got an assessment process where you're making it clear that the following things are going to happen, then it's perfectly natural that you're going to prepare for that. If you're being told that in the online assessment centre you're going to be asked five questions, one of them is going to be on transparency, one's going to be on public service, one's going to be on integrity, one's going to be on, if memory serves me right, we are collaborative, um, and the other one is openness uh, openness and innovation. Open, Anyway, I think, forgive me if I get the wording wrong. Um, but if you're being told that those are the competences and values that you're going to be assessed against, it's really easy for someone like me to predict what the question is going to be. It's not hard. There can only be a certain number of variations on a theme depending on the competency or value. So I just provide those questions. I also provide a structured approach. And it's no different to picking up a book from Waterstones which tells you how to answer interview questions. Except the version I give, as opposed to Star, I use something called SAL. It's something I came up with and there's all sorts of little subsections in it. And it particularly appeals to the behaviours within the competency and values framework. So you don't have to worry about the competency and values framework. I've done all of that work for you. That's not cheating, it's just helping you to prepare. Now the College of Policing also tell you that you don't need to have any knowledge of policing to be able to do the online assessment centre. And yet, for the stage three written and the stage three briefing, they're giving you scenarios where they're asking you to be a police officer. And for one of them, it's asking you to deal with um, antisocial behaviour, young people, vulnerability, and uh, different types of crime. 
and the briefing, they're asking you to deal with a noisy party that gets out of control. They were considering asking you to deal with an illegal rave. <laughs> really? That's like inspector and sergeant type stuff. So you do need to have a level of policing knowledge. So all I do is I give people an insight into how the police do problem solving, what effective problem solving looks like, what effective community engagement looks like. What sort of solutions would you put in place to a variety of different scenarios? Now, this is no different to the advice and guidance that you'd be given if you had a brother or a sister or a father or a mother or a best friend who's in the police. Which is why research uh, several years ago conducted by a chief inspector, uh, Gareth Stubb, who, Stubbs from Lancashire Constabulary, who's now uh, left, he's gone on to Pastures New, I do believe he's a, a head of policing studies at one of the United Emirates um, colleges. It's done really well, but he did some research which demonstrated that um, I think I think it was something like only... Uh, I think it was something like 92% of all candidates, might have been 93, forgive me if I got the number slightly wrong, but 92, 93% of all candidates who applied to Lancashire Constabulary and who were successful had a close social tie with someone who was in the police. Only about 7 or 8% who got in uh, didn't. So what that tells us is that you've got better chance of getting into the police if you have someone close to you who's already in the police, who can tell you about the competency and values framework and the sorts of questions that are going to get asked. If you're in the police, you know that a transparency question is going to be about making difficult decisions or a, a challenging situation that you've got to deal with. Um, and that's just the way it is. It, you also know what problem solving looks like. You know what effective community engagement looks like. You know what sort of solutions are going to work from a variety of different scenarios. And you're going to help the person who you've got a close social tie with. So is this cheating? I don't know. I don't think it is. I mean, let me know, folks. You let me know. But is this a problem that's endemic within our whole society because of the way we test people? Now, I remember when I was uh, joined the police, I know I don't want to make this sound like salty old sea dog tales, but when I joined the police service, I had to go through a total of six days worth of assessment. You initially went for a half day with a Cheshire Constabulary where they worked out you're the sort of person we want to take through to the next stage. And then there was a second day where they put you through a whole day of interviews, group exercises, fitness tests. They really, really pushed you. They wanted to see again, are you the right sort of person that they want to employ? If you got through that, you went for three days and two nights in the Welsh mountains where you did all sorts of exercises that probably wouldn't be allowed today because of health and safety legislation. But what they did is they peeled back the layers so that they found out who the real person was. And then after that, if they still liked you, if you demonstrated that you got what it takes, they'll put you in front of an assistant chief constable for a final interview. Get through all of that, and you were in the police. Compare that to the only question anyone asked me was my inside leg measurement. I mean, there's just a huge divide, isn't there? No surprise that we're having scandals that involve people who are in the police. I mean, for a small minority, but the small minority is too many who are demonstrating the sort of values and behaviours that we do not want in the police service. Now, I know some of you may be saying, well, yeah, they went through a different assessment process. Well, for the Metropolitan Police, 
before they started trialling the day one, which still had a terrible problem with an adverse impact ratio, you had to do the search assessment centre, which again was incredibly formulaic. No one asked any questions about your values. You could tick box your way through it. So does this mean that police recruitment has been broken for years? I do believe it has been. I believe the assessment process needs greater investment. It needs a greater focus on values. And even for the forces who are doing interviews where they're asking about your values and your motivation and they're giving you scenarios to test how you would react to difficult situations, the interview is still just 45 minutes to an hour long. Is that enough? Should we be doing something closer to what the military do, where they'll put you through a whole two days worth of assessment? I'm not going to suggest that we take people into the Welsh mountains, like what I had to go through, the crossing rivers, falling off a oil drum at 11 o'clock at night, backwards, blindfolded, all sorts of weird and wonderful exercises to test who you really were. Against what criteria, I do not know, but it was very enjoyable. It was hugely enjoyable. I loved it. I'm quite sure it had its own issues in terms of bias, but that was 1985. I'm not suggesting we go back to that, but what I am suggesting, College of Policing, is that we do something, and forces that we do something that's a little bit more innovative, a little bit more focused on values and who you are, who you really are, what's in your heart. Are you the right sort of person who's going to represent Her Majesty as one of her crown servants? Simply... Recruiting people based on not talking to them at all. I've spoken to so many of my clients who were just aghast at this, how they managed to get into the police, and they didn't speak to anyone until their first day, unless it was the medical or the uniform fitting. They'd already got their provisional offer at that point. College of Policing, when they were asked by the Mirror um, about their thoughts on it. Selection processes are a matter for chief constables and commissioners. Sort of just ducked that one, haven't they? Something is wrong with police recruitment. I could talk a little bit more about how um, for assessment processes and practising for them, how it's broken right through society. Uh, we can start at SATS. Uh, my, my little boy's friend was talking about how they're spending three weeks doing mock SATS and how she's really pleased with herself because she's got 48 out of 50 in one of her practice mock SATS. She's 10. What are we doing to our children? Um, the government just recently announced that there's going to be GCSE exams and A-level exams. And on the news, there were students talking about how they're doing mock mocks. <laughs> they're doing practice mocks for their GCSEs. And the teachers are now teaching them how to pass their GCSEs and A-levels. So is that any different to what we're doing at the moment? Just teaching people how to jump through the hoops to pass a formulate tick box process to join the police. Is that good enough? I don't think it is. I know some of you are going to say, yeah, but what's the answer, Brendan? Well, I'm just Brendan. I'm just one person. Should I be expected to have all the answers? There's a whole army of very, very clever, bright people at the College of Policing. There's swathes of people right across all the different forces in England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland who can come up with ideas to improve the way assessment is conducted to join the police. But they're not doing it. Or if they are doing it, it's not actually translating into practice. Come on, police service. The future police officers deserve better. 
the communities of England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, of our four nations, they deserve better. Actually, I'm going to withdraw some of that. Uh, Scotland and Northern Ireland have got their own unique recruitment processes. And I think, well, I don't just think, I know they involve putting the individuals who are applying through uh, situations and scenarios which do tend to test their values a little bit more than a question and answer session or we speak to them during their fitness test and ask them if they understand the instructions. So um, I'll withdraw that last part about uh, Northern Ireland and Police Scotland. This is England and Wales. This is a problem for England and Wales where the College of Policing hold the gold it's the golden rule. Those who hold the gold make the rules. College of Policing make the rules. They hold the gold. We've just got to learn how to play by those rules, no matter how bonkers they might be. Because if we want to get into the police, that's what you need to do. Anyway, I'm off my hobby horse now. Next podcast, next videos, we'll be back to the good old stuff about interview structure, popular questions that are being asked, seven top things that you should not do at your interview, and all of the good stuff that you've come to expect from me. Well, listen, I hope this has made sense. I've got it off my chest now. Uh, hopefully it may help change. I don't know. It might inspire someone in a force somewhere to just go, yeah, this is insane. This is bonkers. We need to do something different. So police forces, do something different. Whatever you do, it's got to be better than what we've got at the moment. I'll catch up with you soon, folks. Bye-bye for now.